Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Can Do Better podcast. Welcome back to The Quarantine Machine. You are listening to scene 38 of The Quarantine Machine. It is a Thursday afternoon here in Tallahassee as Daniel and I record this in front of our washing machine. Not a lot has happened in the last week, of course, as you know, we've pretty much been holed up in our apartment. You know, we might go to Popeye's later today, but pretty uneventful week, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it has been very uneventful. Uh, you know, today I woke up and, you know, did some stuff, went back to bed and we were sitting outside on our patio and I said, Thomas, I think I'm going to go for a drive. And you're like, yeah, let's go for a drive. And, uh, as you guys know, FSU has had some, uh, you know, um, <laughs> some debatable discussions, some, you know, polarizing topics to talk about in terms of getting rid of some statues and some names. So we, we went around looking at all the statues on campus and we, you know, ran into some other ones, like the Epps, you know, statue and the whole bit. And we went to Westcott. And then as we were driving down on West Tennessee, uh, you were talking to your mom. I was looking at a Popeye's. And you got off the phone and you said, hey, want to go to Popeye's tonight? I said, absolutely. I was yeah. just thinking that. Great idea. So after this podcast, we're actually really going to go to Popeye's and uh, get some uh, dinner. Yeah, we've gotten so bored just to talk about what you were talking about earlier that we literally said, let's find the racist statue. Yeah. Because I, I remember most of the statues on FSU's campus just from my memory, you know, just walking by them. And I thought, I don't think I've ever seen this one. It took us a good 30 minutes to find it. Yeah. We found it, you know, if you've ever been to FSU's campus, it's right behind the Westcott building, which is obviously, you know, like the main building on campus. When you think of Florida State, when you look up Florida State on Google, that's the built thing that comes up. But yeah, Francis Epps, who founded the criminology school, I believe, he's, yeah, he's gotten a lot of heat recently. I, I would guess that that statue is going to come down. Epps Hall, which is the home of the criminology school, we saw that the Epps name on that was already being taken down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely a time of change here in Tallahassee. One thing that doesn't change, as you alluded to, is Popeye's. You know, we're going to go to Popeye's. I think we've only gone to Popeye's once in the last year. And it was just because we wanted to try that chicken sandwich, you know. If you remember 2019, like summertime or fall, I believe was when, you know, it was at its most crazy surge in popularity, Popeye's, the chicken sandwich. And I think we were going home. It was like for a break or something. Yeah. We said, hey. Let's go to Popeye's. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to Popeye's. Let's get the spicy chicken sandwich. We did it. We loved it. It's time to go back. Yeah. It was great. It was great. And like, I think it was last, was it last week? Last week we tried to get uh, Popeye's and because we found a new Popeye's that was, you know, closer to, uh, to our apartment. Mm -hmm. But we went there and we made, we made the mistake. We went at like 1030 at night and they were, of course they were out of chicken sandwiches. So, you know, we don't, we were just like, you know what? We're getting, we're getting Guthrie's. Guthrie's. Great place. Honestly, when it comes down to chicken yeah. in Tallahassee, I'm going to say, I think Guthrie's has the best chicken. I think Guthrie's, listen, I have. I think Guthrie's has the best chicken. The best sandwich is Popeye's. The most convenience for us is Chick-fil-A. I'm going to say, in terms of convenience, it's cheaper. It's right down the street. Yeah. Right? Popeye's, you got to go for a drive. But that's my order. I think Guthrie's has a better, like, when you, when you get the chicken, it's so well cooked. It is. And it's so well breaded. I just, there's, I can't, 
I can't disagree with a good, a good Guthrie's chicken strip. No, and the best part about it, it, it might be a little underrated, but the Texas toast that comes with it. You know, as somebody who doesn't eat a lot of bread usually, when I get a good piece of Texas toast, yeah. and I could dip it in the sauces that, that they have. I forgot what the sauce is called, but you just dip it in that sauce. Among, alongside the amount of fries that you get, it's almost Five Guys level. If you get double fries, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Guthrie's. Shout out to Guthrie's because they're one of the only restaurants that I've been to where if you take something off of your order, they'll give you double of something else. I was going to say that. We, we were in there and we were like, you know what? We don't really want the coleslaw just because we don't want the coleslaw. And the person at the at the front, the cash ra- cash and wrap or whatever, the drive-thru, she was like, oh yeah, so do you want the coleslaw or not? And I was like, no. She goes, okay, then we're just going to give you double fries. I said, but I don't want to pay for double fries. She goes, no, 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 no. If you don't want something from the menu... You can just substitute it with something else, and it's free of charge. And I was like, you're kidding me. You're absolutely kidding me. Yeah, we've been blessed to have a lot of good chicken options, Daniel. And honestly, I've thought about how blessed we are recently, because I'm seeing some of the NBA players, you know, they're getting into the bubble in Orlando, Yeah. and they're posting pictures of the food that they've been eating, and God, it looks terrible. Yeah. It, it looks terrible. The heat got in last night. I saw Myers Leonard on his Instagram Live trying to order... A fettuccine Alfredo is pretty funny. Um, but a lot of people obviously making the jokes that, listen, when LeBron comes to town, because LeBron's coming to town today, I think he's getting to Orlando today, you know he's going to get special treatment. Oh, yeah. You know he's going to get the best food possible. If you're the Orlando Magic, first of all, they shouldn't even be there. I mean, I know they're hosting the tournament. I know that you think that the Orlando Magic are going to win the NBA championship. I don't think I know, but okay. All right, anyways... It just doesn't make sense. You know, there are two different levels. It's almost like the Orlando Magic are a second division team and the Los Angeles Lakers are Real Madrid. Like, that's kind of how this restart has been. Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting to see, especially with, you know, all the players getting there too. Like, you saw, I saw the Mavericks posting on their social media. It's like, how how bored are these guys? Like, they're all cooped up in the rooms and then there's... Coming from us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. We're stuck in this apartment for like a month. And, like, all the Mavs players are out on the balconies. And they're, like, pretending they're, like, DJ to, like, a, a, a field that's just empty. There's yeah. nobody there. It's like they're going insane. And they're they're there so early, I understand. But July 30th, the NBA's coming back. It, I mean, it's kind of exciting to see. I don't know what, what to expect, you know? I don't know how the competition's going to be. I don't know what the atmosphere's going to be. Is it going to be awkward? Like, there's going to be nobody there. Just a film crew, guys playing basketball, that's about it. Yeah, I think at first it's going to be a little bit awkward, but then people will probably get over it. Listen, a lot of people in this country have been dying to just get sports that aren't, you know, necessarily NASCAR or the UFC. So I think they're going to, I think the bar is going to be pretty low. I think the quality of play won't be impacted too much. If anything, you know, it might be a little more intense just because these guys have been holed up in hotel rooms and, you know, there's nobody to impress. It's just you versus them. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you're probably going to hear a lot of curse words flying. You know, it's going to be a different atmosphere. But listen, as somebody who's been able to see sports in Europe over the last month, you know, watching La Liga, from watching that, I don't think the quality of play has changed that much. I, you know, you could change things up. You could decide to infuse crowd noise or not. I don't know how much of a difference it makes. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't watch sports on TV to watch the crowd. You watch it to watch the athletes at work. Right. So if I'm going to see LeBron James go up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I couldn't care less how many people are watching it. 
And, you know, when there's a global pandemic, as we've alluded to in recent episodes, that this government doesn't, you know, seem to care about fixing as yeah. we see countries in Europe getting over it. I'll take what I could get. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes down to quality of play, something I want to I want to kind of, you know, shift gears into. And I know this wasn't on the top, on, on, you know, the, the rundown of the show sheet. Yeah. But we watched Inner Miami <laughs> last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I want to, I want to say... I'm David Beckham. I'm talking to you. Please get this right. Please fix this because we lost to Orlando City. That's only won 11 out of the last 61 games that they've played. And I understand we're in a pandemic. We're all in Orlando. The whole bit. But golly, that was some terrible football. I mean, Did- woo, some soccer. I was like, can we just watch like La Liga or something? Yeah, like, no. Please. But with that logic. I mean, you said the Orlando Magic are going to win the NBA championship. Who's mm-hmm. to say that the Orlando City SC isn't going to win the MLS Cup? You're right. Maybe it's a turnaround for them. Yeah, I mean, they're playing at home. You know, they have all the advantages in the world. But yeah, I couldn't, ag- I couldn't agree more. I mean, watching players, you know, running toward the touchline trying to get a ball and keep it in bounds, and they're falling over when there's nobody, like, within five feet of themselves. Watching goalkeepers struggling to make easy saves. I mean, the players aren't that fast. Yeah, America, we, we still suck at soccer. While we might be entering a golden generation for our national team, it doesn't mean that the league itself is good, because it's not. The reason that we're entering a golden generation is because our players finally decided, yeah, let's not play here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Everybody's like, oh, wow, the U.S. is coming up. No, you, you American players are coming up. The MLS <laughs> is still just complete yeah. Like I watching that game last night, just people were just flailing around, falling on the floor left and right, and then the officials. It's like, oh my god! It was okay. We were up one zero, right? Then Orlando City, Orlando City. Excuse me. How dare I compare them to the Orlando Magic? Excuse me, Orlando Magic. The Orlando, the Orlando City comeback. It's one one. Then I don't know. We were in the box like twice in the last ten minutes. Enter Miami. Two two calls that should have been penalty kicks. Two calls, yeah. nothing, yeah. play on. Okay. I don't know how much Orlando City's paying these refs, maybe because they're in Orlando, <laughs> but they're paying them a lot of money, because those were some obvious fouls. I mean, I've never seen such a hard-fought game in my entire life. Like, Reyes, one of our, our center backs, got excuse me, got hit in, the, <laughs> hit in the, like, the jugular's Adam's apple. He was on the floor for like 10 minutes. They had to pull out a stretcher. I mean, golly. I mean, more than anything, Daniel, I just don't understand why you took this match so seriously. I mean, we watched the match, we went to sleep, and I come out to get water at like 2.30 in the morning. You're in the living room re-watching this match, this match that really doesn't have any bearing on your life. You know, this isn't a team that you've followed for most of your life. This probably isn't even your fifth favorite sport, maybe fourth. And here you are watching, because you just want to see the replay of Nani, out of all people, you know, former Portuguese legend. Yeah. Legend? Not really. But, you know, him hitting that game-winning goal in, like, the 98th minute, because he had 10 minutes of stoppage time, another ridiculous thing. And I just thought to myself, it's not that deep. It's the MLS. Yeah, it really is. It, it Like, I saw Nani hit that goal, and I was like, oh, great, of course it's Nani. Yeah. Of course Nani's yeah. going to make it, right? I mean, oh, God. It's like they just roll the ball out there, and they're like, hey, go have fun. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, how is this organized? Jesus, and also, our, I'm sorry, but our uniform, our kits, yeah, not that nice. Not that nice. Not that nice. It's like, it's like they're like sheer, like sheer bathrobes that are cut into like jerseys. And also, why is Adidas sponsoring the entire league? 
Like, you touched on that yesterday. That's another thing, because when you see the Adidas logo on midfield, you just know that the, you know, advertising team for the MLS is desperate. Yeah. You know, their marketing team, that you really agree to put the Adidas logo at midfield for the entire match. Like, the, the biggest ad possible. And, you know, as somebody who watches European football, I think that letting the team decide for itself, not only doesn't it benefit every team more than you know just having one league have the same sponsor for every team you see a diversity of kits you know everybody's trying to be better than everybody else it's competition it's capitalism exactly it's america you know you would think right yeah you would expect so right but i mean you know coming into this whole mls reopening there's going to be a lot of teams playing you know i inter miami just played orlando city you know i don't know who else is playing but i mean you know our team the Chicago Fire. <laughs> coming out big. Coming out strong. I'm putting my money on the Chicago Fire. If there's a team that's going to come and win it out, listen, the Chicago Fire have probably one of the most solidified defenses in the entire league. Do I know this for a fact? No, I don't. But I'm going to take a gander. I'm going to take a gamble. I'm going to roll the die and say the Orlando Fire are going to come out and beat every single team by at least two goals in this competition, in this tournament-style play. Listen, listen, listen. Inner Miami, they got a lot to learn, right? Also, we got that Mexican guy. Yeah, Rodolfo Pisado. Pisado cutting up this defense. Yeah. I was like, this guy's good. Yeah. Good. You said he was like a 77 in field. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's like, like a 77, but a 77 in the MLS yeah, is like, like a 95. Diego Maradona. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're a monster. So, with that being said, there's so many cities in the league. There's so many, you know, other places to go and travel. It kind of makes you think. Like, oh my god, what would it be like if we were a fan in these in these places? Yeah. And it kind of leads you to think also, like, in La Liga, there's so many countries that have so many teams. What are... Cities. cities so many, so <laughs> many sit Yeah, so many cities in La Liga. And in La Liga, there's so many clubs and so many varieties of sports and soccer. What country? <laughs> <laughs> what, what countries would you want to visit? In your in your life, top Did, three, top Daniel, three. Honestly, that was probably the worst transition that you've ever made on this podcast. Probably top three countries that I would like to visit. And this is definitely not something that we talked about before the podcast. But obviously, I would like to go back to Spain first of all. You know, I spent three months there last summer. I would like to go to Valencia, catch some matches at the Mestalla. You know, go to regions that I haven't been to. Maybe go back to Galicia, where my mom's family is from. You know, maybe I would like to go to Argentina. You know. I might want to go to Argentina, catch some soccer there. I, listen, I've been in a big soccer, like, mood or trend recently. I don't know how to put it. I've just been watching a bunch of soccer recently because that's been, like, the only thing on TV. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, what's a good soccer country? I want to go there. I want to go to Argentina. I want to go to Argentina because I want to see Boca Juniors play River Plate. I want to go to Spain because I want to catch more La Liga matches. And I want to go to Uruguay. Shout out to Federico Zalkberg. Shout out to him, you know, Daniel once had a moment in high school, because I know that Fede, you know, our friend Fede from high school, he used to take you to school every morning, you know, he used to live close to you. I actually got to see him last year when I was in Tel Aviv in Israel. Can you tell that story real quickly? Yeah, I'll tell it again. I've already said it on this podcast, probably like three times, <laughs> but we were in the middle of like a stop of a four-way intersection or three-way intersection. You want a walnut? And, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Walnut. We're eating walnuts now. Good, good walnuts. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 
This is super food, as my mom likes to say. Really? Yeah. Like an avocado? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like wow. an avocado. They're really good for you. Wow, these are like melting in your mouth. You're so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Anyways, so we're at this, like, stop sign, right? And we're just about to, like, you know, get going, and we're in the middle of it. And I asked um, Fede, I was like, oh, Fede, like, how's it being, like, Argentinian? Slam on the brakes. Yeah. Stopped. Looked, stared at me angrily for like a solid like ten seconds, and he said, "What? What did you just call me?" I said, "I I didn't call you anything. I asked, you know, what's it like being like you know? They're like, have you ever like your family from Argentina?" And he's like, "Excuse me." He goes, "I'm Uruguay. I'm from Uruguay." Yeah. And um, yeah, that's I, I you always make sure to never call an Argentinian um as I don't know what they say Uruguayan yeah. or something and. Uh, Somebody from Uruguay and Argentinian because they'll get mad. So. Anyway, so Uruguay, I would like to go to Uruguay, Daniel. You know, they have 3.5 million people. It's the home of Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani, of course. Yeah. And they're just a country that's been doing great recently. Like when you think of so, when you think of South America, you think of countries with a lot of corruption. Venezuela. Yeah, you think of Venezuela. You think of Argentina that just defaulted on its debt again. But then, then you think of Uruguay, Daniel. You think of a country. That, you know, they did have a dictator for like a decade, I think in the 70s and the 80s. But since then, the country's been in pretty good shape. They've been in pretty good shape, and I want to visit it, and I want to view it firsthand. Listen, this is a country, you know, we're living in America right now. Very polarized country. You know, very polarized country. Is the trust level in the government here very high? Probably not. You know, people are opposite sides of the spectrum. It's hard to find middle ground. You go to Uruguay, though. You go to Uruguay, you know, people, they, they tend to be more civil. And this is according to, you know, some articles I've read about the country recently. How true are they? I don't know. But let me put it to you this way. How do you judge how well a country is at, you know, listening to each other? Well, maybe how well did they respond to the pandemic? You know, how did they do? How did they act collectively in a time of peril for their country? Daniel, Uruguay, they shut down. Pretty much when they were under 100 cases nationwide, they beat the virus. They beat it. They beat the virus just like they beat Ghana in the 2010 FIFA World Cup quarterfinals. That's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Not Ghana. Not Ghana. Yeah, you want to go to Uruguay. That's, those, those are some interesting places, Thomas. I know you've been to Spain. And you know, speaking of Spain, some alliteration, my parents actually might want to, you know, I've talked to you about this many times. They might want to move to Spain uh, for like six months or 12 months or something. I don't know. It seems like a great idea, especially, you know, where we're in now in America. In Florida, to be more specific, can't wait to get out of here. But with that being said, you know, the places that I'd want to go, the three places, you know, I'd like to go to Spain too. You know, uh, you went to Valencia, to Valencia, and you came back and you told me about all the wonders, right? You uh, you met our friend Shoria there. You yeah. met our friend Carlos there. Met so many other people. You went to like all these clubs. You went to a beer festival. Yeah. It sounded incredible. You went to a soccer match. And, like, here I was, working at Foot Locker, and you were having the time of your life. And I was having the time of my life, too. Trust me, don't get me wrong. Working at Foot Locker was great. But to travel to Spain, would you say, would you say, I know you, you probably have some bias, Valencia or Madrid? Oh, I mean, I would go to Valencia, but that's based off of personal experience. I mean, I would bet that Madrid checks more boxes than Valencia does, but, you know, mm-hmm. Valencia just has a special place in my heart. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Anyways... My second country, I'd have to go back to Israel. You got it, you know, it's the Holy Land. Uh, got some family there, you know. Beaches are great. 
Gotta go to Tel Aviv. You know, they say it's the religious Miami. And, uh, you know, you can't go wrong when you go to Israel. You can't. You go to Jerusalem, got a lot of religious people. You go to Tel Aviv, you got a lot of partiers. Uh, you can't, you can't not have a good time. And my third place, my third country that I would like to go to, uh, you know, I, a lot of people give it a bad rap. They say, oh my gosh, it's this terrible place. Oh, oh my God. Oh, they're, the people are in, you know, agony the whole bit. I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. So I'm going to go to North Korea and I'm going to take a look at myself. I'm going to talk to Ong. I'm going to talk to the president or the like, dictator or whatever, you know, I'm going to say, listen, buddy. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a shot. But you only got one shot, because that's all it takes. That's all I give you when you're talking to Daniel Eric Rashford. Only, you only got one shot, one swing, no three strikes. One pitch, down the middle, fastball. You hit it, you hit a homer. You swing, you miss, that's a strike. You're out of here, kiddo. So he's going to show me around. He's going to say, Daniel, this is, my, this is my beautiful country of North Korea. And I'm going to see that it's actually rampage, and it's actually terrible, and people are dying and starving and the whole bit. And I'm going to say, you struck out, Ung, and then, uh, yeah, that's when the world will now know. But I've heard Pyongyang is pretty nice in the wintertime. Oh, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, you got to go for a year. Like, if you're not going for a year, then you can't really give it a full judgment, right? That's true. That's fair enough, yeah. No. Um, yeah, I would not want to go to North Korea. That's a f***ing stupid choice. I mean, you have, what, hundreds of countries, and you decide to pick the most isolated and authoritarian country in the world somebody's got to do the dirty work thomas somebody's got to do it you know Fair i'm enough. just i'm i'm here to you know put the number 91 that dennis rodman jersey on my back and go there you know like you said maybe i'll bring dennis with me i know he's good friends with him too so you know hey somebody to break the ice with somebody to show me around as well here's this for a hypothetical okay. how about dennis rodman kanye west going to north korea together that would be interesting that would be very interesting. I don't know what would happen. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they'd get into. Jesus Christ, that'd be that'd be something else. I feel like Kanye would, you know, try and like drop an album in North Korea, try and get Ung on his on his next like single or whatever. Who knows? Dennis Rodman would probably just party the hell out of you know out of North play Korea. Along. Yeah, he'd just play along. Uh, no, but I feel like Dennis Rodman, yeah, he would party, but then the next day he would sign, like, peace accords with North Korea. Because, like, when he was in the NBA, he would go to, like, Vegas and just party super hard, and then come back and just tear up the NBA's best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a tale of two Dennises. It is. It really is. It's a flip of a coin. You know, one day you just get a, you know, Dennis Rodman that just wants to do drugs and drink alcohol, and... The next, next day you get humanitarian Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ready to bring peace between North Korea and the United States of America. Yeah. Anyways, this was a thrilling conversation, Daniel. It, it was. This is a thrilling conversation of the We Can Do Better podcast. Listen, I think a lot of things can be done better in North Korea. Maybe maybe a few things. A couple. A couple things could be done in North Korea. Um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be back with this podcast soon. But in the meantime, Daniel, we got somewhere to go. We got to go to Popeyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh